listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. Now only two days away from the NBA season officially kicking off. Lakers playing a quote-unquote road game against the Clippers at Staples Center on Tuesday night, although I anticipate there will be a lot of purple and gold to check out the debut of Anthony Davis. Of course, this podcast, a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. You can rate us, leave a comment. We'll take your questions. Uh, and also go to silverscreenandroll.com, your lead point for anything you need, Lakers, stats, opinions, analysis, you name it, we got it. Joining me today, man who does some work, writes, does some video as well for us over at SSR, Ali Berpunia. Ali, what's going on, my man? Not much, not much. Thank you for having me. You excited to get the season started or what, man? I I tweeted out on a Saturday night. I can't wait for it to be Tuesday. So <laughs> for me to say that, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty damn stoked. Well, in case for the people who don't know, there is a little bit of Lakers news coming out uh, from today. Recording this on a Sunday night, um, Alex Caruso out. He's only considered day to day. He has a bone contusion. Uh, don't anticipate it being too too long where he's not in in the lineup. When I looked at Caruso, though, and Ali, what, what did you think about this, too? I know people had a lot of uh, high expectations for him. And I, when I say high expectations, I don't mean he's going to come in and be the starting point guard and, and play, you know, 35 minutes a game. I think people were looking at him mm-hmm. as being a contributor. And what it did mean on the good end was left Rajon Rondo. That's what people wanted to see. But Caruso, <laughs> he struggled, man. He, he struggled in the, in the preseason. He, his shooting was, was not very good. Uh, had a one for 13 game in there, one for six game in there as well, uh, forcing things a little bit too. And then from the preseason action, what I noticed mm-hmm. with him is instead of letting the game come to him, he was trying to force things, making making the hard pass instead of the simple one. I know it's kind of cliche, but wh- what do you think he needs to do to get back on track when, when he gets back from this injury? Well, first thing first, when this injury uh, was announced today, I was all I thought to myself was, you know, Patrick Beverly is probably pretty happy right now. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to you know, put up with put up with Caruso, but no, you're totally correct. He has struggled a lot in the preseason and not saying this is probably the case, but I think like we, you know, the hype was crazy this summer for Caruso and, you know, because of people like me, I like talking about him nonstop. But um, I think the biggest thing for him is just to like settle down a bit. He was kind of forcing things in the paint. He was just trying to do a bit too much. I think he should just let the game kind of just come to him, just flow, you know, just not try to force things as much as he was. Because in the last few games last season, you know, he was just he was just reading the game, and now he's just trying to, I don't know, it was just too much of attacking the basket for him. He's getting blocked every single time. So I think it's just, you know, just being patient out there. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, that, you know, there was a couple plays I saw as well where he's going to the rim, and he might be able to pull up for a jumper, might be able to make a simple pass and kick it over, and he'd get a turnover. And so he did have some good points as well, especially, I think, distributing the ball, but uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to forcing the the things offensively in terms of shooting, I think that's something he's going to work mm-hmm. on. And and again, I I don't know what mindset he was in. I, maybe the the meme team got to him because he was the king of the meme over the summertime. But he, <laughs> he, he needs to slow things down and and, and kind of just uh, appreciate and and learn and grow from appreciate playing with LeBron and AD and kind of use that to to make himself a contributor. Not only now in the Lakers, obviously you want him to, to play well and, and do really good, but ultimately at the same time you also want him to play in the NBA for another 10, 15 years. So if he's able to do that mm-hmm, exactly. and improve, that, that's going to be, that's gonna be the, I think, the, the target for him going through this season. Uh, another bit of news, Kyle Kuzma officially considered out for Tuesday. He won't be playing in the regular season opener against the Clippers, still dealing with that foot injury. Uh, we are expecting him, again, it, it, was, it wasn't expected to be too long, but, I mean, even if it's a couple of weeks, I think the right thing to do, even if he's not, if he's even at 90%, 95%, 
it's time to give him a little bit more time, a little bit more time because he needs to get fully healthy. And, I, and I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast before too. Like after the Lakers play the Clippers on Tuesday, Utah on Friday, they go through a pretty good stretch where they're not really playing any legit championship contenders all the way through until basically they, they play Denver on, on December 3rd. Does that mean they're going to win mm-hmm. every single game between October 27th and December, December the 3rd? No, it doesn't. But at the same time, that's going to be a chance for this team to, A, get these guys healthy who who do have some nicks and stuff from the preseason. But I'm also looking at it like, all right, this is a chance for this team to make up some serious, serious, like, ground. And and I don't mean making ground on on other teams, but making ground in terms of standings because you go through a stretch, you're playing teams like Chicago, you're playing teams like Phoenix. Back. You know, and and Memphis is in there there too. they They shouldn't rush Kuz back, right? No, I 100% agree. Like, you made a great point with their schedule. They don't have too tough of a schedule coming up. So, A, you don't have to bring him back just because of that. And, B, I'm not a doctor by any means, but from everything I've read, his injury could be pretty serious if, like, you know, he rushed it back. So, by all means, take your time. Don't even think. And Lakers have a pretty, like, from preseason you've seen, they have a pretty good team. They got a, they've got great depth. So, they don't need to rush Kuzma back at all. He needs to just take his time and then eventually just, you know, start start work because he, he hasn't even been cleared for like full contact practice I believe yet so my guess would be he won't be back for a couple of games probably like four or five but yeah definitely definitely he should take his time yeah he, he was doing he's doing non-contact drills uh, drills part of me at this point and uh so and that's what Frank Vogel said he's like we're not gonna we're not gonna rush him back and I agree with him and he also made an interesting comment you can check this uh, story on on uh, silverscreenandroll.com as well. Vogel called Kyle Kuzma his third best player, and he thinks mm-hmm. Anthony Davis could play more center once he returns. I completely agree with that, and, I, and I've said this a lot too. Yeah, it does kind of matter who starts the game in terms of you want to mm-hmm. get off to uh, a good you know, good stretch over your first six minutes, have your best players out there. But I think at the end of the yep. game, the lineup you're going to be looking at is AD at the five, uh, potentially LeBron or Kuz at the four, whoever you want to do. Like They're all interchangeable mm-hmm. there. And then you're probably going to go Danny Green, um, Avery Bradley, who, I, who I've liked so far in the preseason. Who, who else do you go with out there? Who, who rounds out that lineup for you? Uh, actually, the lineup that you just said is probably my lineup. I think with Bradley, you could switch out Crusoe, but I think it all depends on who their matchup is. You want to match up well with them. Um, but yeah, I would for sure, no doubt, have Danny Green, LeBron, and Anthony Davis out there on the court. And probably, like, like you said, I would have AV at the five because I think that's when the Lakers are most dangerous. Um, at, in those final minutes, you would have Kuz probably out there with him at the four. I would prefer Kuz at the four and LeBron at the three. I think Kuz works better at that position. Um, and then, yeah, it depends on who's – that last spot can be depend on who's, like, on fire that day or who's playing well that day. You can always interchange that spot. But I think mainly you'll see those four out there. Yeah, you know what? You, you mentioned um... – Kuz at the four. My only concern with that, and I think that is, I still think that is our best lineup. My only concern with that is last season when we saw Kuz play the four and they were playing against a guy who was a decent post-up player. Yeah, he got killed down low. So I don't know yeah, like, yeah. what they're going to do defensively <laughs> like that. You don't want him matching up against against a good post player or a guy who can go down low and kind of body him up because um, that's just not Kuz's strength, right? So I, I do think that you're right, like Frank Vogel. And that's where the interesting part, I think, with coaching is going to come in. Like, he he has to be able to – it's almost like what Bill Belichick does with the Patriots. It's like, yeah, you have – you kind of have your base, but you'll adjust your game plan depending on the opponent. And it's going to be tough. I mean, you're not going to win all 82 games. This isn't uh, 
the NFL where you're playing only only 16 times in the regular season. Um, so you're going to yep. have some ups and downs, definitely. But, but that's going to be the challenge, I think, for Frank Vogel this season is, all right, making sure they're adapting and adjusting because injuries are part of the season. It happens to almost every team. You just hope it doesn't affect your big dogs like it did last year with with LeBron. Now, well, let, let's get into a little bit of the actual season itself. What are you expecting on Tuesday night? Because the Clippers won't be won't be fully loaded. They're, they're going to be missing Paul George. He's still recovering from his shoulder surgeries. Uh, so he's not going to be around for a while. But they're going to have basically, you know, Kawhi, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, uh, Zubox, you know, all these guys are going to be there. What are you expecting on Tuesday night when, when the Lakers and Clippers tip off? A win. A win. I'm definitely expecting, yeah, I, I'm definitely expecting a win. I think, and could be a biased answer, but I think this team is going to be so excited to get the season going, especially with starting with with uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Those guys didn't play in the in the postseason. They didn't play in the last few games of the regular season. They haven't played on the court in a in a regular season game in a long, long time. So I think when they go out there, they're just going to dominate. And like you said, Paul George isn't playing. The Clippers right now are still trying to figure out uh, their team together. Whereas the Lakers, they are too. But I think right now they're clicking a lot better than the Clippers are. Not saying that the Clippers are like won't, but currently from just like watching their preseason games, they haven't gelled as well as the Lakers have in the preseason. And so I think, I think we're, I'm no, I'm not gonna say I think we will get a win on, on Tuesday, and uh, it's gonna be nice to watch. I would, I would, if I had to say, I think it's gonna be an 80, 30 plus point game. Oh wow! Okay, you you think they're yep. gonna? Yeah, okay, you think they're gonna roll because they have looked good. I mean, in, in the preseason, especially in the offensive end, I love what I was seeing from LeBron and AD in terms of running that two man game. And it's basically a pick your poison style offense. Like, all right, if you want to mm-hmm. overcompensate for the roll or the or the slip that AD is gonna do, and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna you know pack a guy into closer to the hoop to kind of help defend that. Well, then you're gonna have Danny yep. Green sitting in the corner who who can who can hit threes all day. You're gonna have guys like Kyle Kuzma when he's healthy, ready to shoot that. And, and if you overplay on LeBron. Well then, yeah, you're, you're good luck to you because you're gonna have Anthony Davis, the train rolling down, <laughs> rolling down the paint, and he's gonna jam it on your face. So, and I, I love what I saw from the Lakers in terms of offense. They were they were sitting, setting. Part of me a little bit uh, more screens I found at the top, and there's a lot more movement than what we saw with the offense with Luke last year. And I think that that's going to be key too. And they're, they're setting a lot of double screens, stagger screens at the top, which will help mm-hmm. the motion, help the movement. So I, I'm excited for for Frank Vogel, and especially for him because. If he's able to kind of put the stamp on the team in terms of what they're doing offensively and it's clicking mm-hmm. between LeBron and AD, I think that'll silence a lot of the doubters, right? We got to remember he wasn't the, the, the top choice for, for this organization to be the head coach. And so he's coming in here, basically second, third option. He's got a, a I don't want to say a proven NBA coach, because to me, I didn't understand what all the hoopla was about with Jason Kidd. Like he hasn't been mm-hmm. that great. Yes, he, I mean, people say he helped develop. Giannis, sure, okay, we'll give him that, but yep. his records and, and his stints have been full of drama, and, and he hasn't been a great coach. So I think that I'm hoping that for his own sake, Frank Vogel, the team gets off to an eight and two, seven and three start or something like that, uh, which is very attainable, as I said, you know, looking at the schedule. Um, but when you when you when you look at him personally, like I, I just don't want to see him go through the questions and the second guessing of, well, you know, what's going on? Is it time for the Lakers? Are the Lakers gonna have to turn to Jason Kidd? Because that's just a ridiculous thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. If Jason Kidd really wants to prove that he's a great coach, I think he has to make Kostis into Giannis. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that, would be, they, that would be fantastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that if he pulled that, that out, the case, give him a 20-year contract to be the head coach. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, if that was the case, he could just be the head coach. He could just take over. No, but that's something that I think as the season goes along, uh, we'll be able to really see is like how big of an impact someone like Jason Kidd is going to bring to the team. 
Um, you want to see exactly how he's going to play. Like, because right now, uh, the Lakers don't have a lot of strong point guards. So as for, before, you were thinking Jason Kidd's going to work with Lonzo and all that. Now you're, he's probably going to work a lot with LeBron, I guess, as LeBron is going to be like that dominant point guard on our team, I'd say. Even with like Avery Bradley and Danny Green in the starting lineup, LeBron would re- like be the true one. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic between all those assistant coaches works. I think we do have a pretty good staff on this team. Um, and that's probably that's something that hasn't been talked about enough is the staff on the team. It seems we've got a pretty stacked lineup on that end. Yeah, I, I think they. I, I agree with you on that too. My only concern, though, when you look at the roster, Ali, is the fact that mm-hmm. if and obviously this is a big if, if something happens to Anthony Davis or if uh, if um, you know LeBron James gets gets hurt again, God forbid that happens. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. I just don't. I, I think the lack of offensive depth, and that, that's where I think losing Boogie was a, was a huge blow to big. this team. Not that Boogie was going to score twenty five a game, but just having that mm-hmm. third guy and their proven all star type player. Uh, although probably not the same anymore after all the physical things he's he's went through, uh, but he had the mm-hmm. ability to score 25 points on a given night if LeBron or AD were struggling. So that to me is is the yeah. concern with the roster is, and that's why Kuz is so huge. And I agree with what Frank Vogel said. Like he's your third best player. You need to get him out there when he's healthy, and and he's going to have the pressure of probably carrying the the being the sixth man. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he'll be as as explosive as a guy like Lou Williams off the bench, but I also mm-hmm. think that if if he can play that type of role where he can come in and score 16. 17 a night and, con- and consistently contribute on the offensive end, that'll be a huge boon for the Lakers. So I was, I was a little bit worried about that too, about like how many players do they have on the team that can really go out there and score. Um, but let's just like when Quinn Cook played for the Lakers, now I'm not saying he can go out and get you 25 any night, but when Quinn Cook played and you saw how like great he was on the offensive end and how much of a boost he gave, and not only that, but then Vogel staggered those minutes with LeBron and AD and he played AD out there with Cook. And I think that really helped out Cook. And not just that, when Kuzma comes back, you're going to have that other offensive firepower um, on off the bench. And just having that and staggering the two minutes, I don't think, I don't think that's going to be that much of a worry because let's just say AD's struggling on the offensive end, you're going to still have those other guys backing them up as in like, you know, players off the bench like Cook or, or uh, Kuzma, you know, or even like yeah. players just like, uh, even just players just like, you know, KCP. I mean, KCP is really, really struggling, but he can have, <laughs> One of those nights where he just goes off and you're like, how, how did, where did that come from? So I think, I, I think as far as that goes, they, they have a pretty good uh, amount of players for the offensive end. Well, you, you mentioned KCP too. And another guy I want to jump in, jump into it with you as well. Zach Norvell. Um, he's looked great. Cool. In, in the I mean, yeah, he's looked, he's looked fantastic. Uh, how he's carried himself, the way he's, he's attacked the basket, the way he shot the ball. I've you know, you know, who doesn't like the way he's been attacking the, you know, who hasn't liked the way he's attacking the basket. Who's that? Cool. Cool. He, he hates it. Oh yeah. Yeah. He hates it. Yeah. He was, he was abusing <laughs> him there. And then, I mean, cause you, you look at the numbers that, that, that Norvell put up too. I mean, he put up 29 in the last game, albeit they did, they did get the smoked against, against the, uh, against the Warriors in the last preseason game. But if you look at him, I mean, even the game before then where the Lakers, you know, had AD and, and LeBron in the lineup where the Lakers, you mm-hmm. know, basically beat them by 30 as well. So when, when you look at what Norvell did there, and a lot of people were calling for this, and, I, and I've been of the of the mindset that, hey, you know what, um, let's give Zach Norvell uh, a chance to develop and then play a little bit more in the G League. Mm-hmm. And if he's doing, if mm-hmm. he's doing what he did in the preseason, sorry, I know he struggled, I got that one uh, mixed up. He struggled against the Lakers or against the Warriors, pardon me, in the second last preseason game. Um, he, had, yeah. he had a pretty good, good, pretty good one there before in the, in the third last preseason game. He had, he had a good one, but uh, I've been of the mindset that you know what, let him develop. If he's still playing like this, and 
doing that, especially on the de defensive end, because a lot of people look at it and say, well, you know, he could score. But it's like, OK, but they also got to figure out other little things and in terms of defensive rotations and figuring out the speed. And then you're not playing in the preseason anymore. You're going to have to guard guys like Steph Curry and, and D'Angelo Russell regularly. So, yeah, I think he's able to show that level then, yeah, you can look at maybe trying to – I don't know if you can get rid of KCP that easily, but, I mean, he would be an option at that point. Because when you watch KCP play, are you, aren't you just like, I'm sick of this? Like, I just want him off the team at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That ISO, that ISO he called and shot the air ball, I think that was the final straw where I was like, okay, I think I've had enough. Yeah, um, I saw that too. And I was like, what is this? What the hell is this guy doing, right? Like, enough <laughs> is enough, KCP. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why. That's why when I when I said KCP as far as the offensive end, I was like, once in a while, not all the time. Yeah, maybe when like the team would play, the team's playing a meaningless game, then he'll shoot up thirty shots and score thirty points, right? So uh, that, that's exactly. about the standard standard KCP thing. Uh, we got to take a short break. We want to get into some predictions, and we'll do that coming up in just about a minute. All right, and we are back talking about the Lakers. Kicking off the season on Tuesday, taking on the Clippers. Again, it's a quote-unquote road game. Ain't going to be that way at the Staples Center. You know that the Purple and Gold will come out and support uh, their team in that one. Okay, now looking at the Western Conference, Ali, let's get into this. And we'll start with the Lakers first. How do you think mm -hmm. the Lakers will finish? What's your prediction for their record? And where do they stack up in the Western Conference when all is said and done? That's a good question. I, I've, I've gone over this many times, and I've had different answers. But I've, I've stuck to this answer fairly recently and I know that'll change as the season goes on but for now I'm sticking to they're going to be a fourth seed I think they're I think they're going to have a bit of struggles throughout the season uh and you know they're going to rest AD and LeBron at times and in those games they might not you know be able to pull out the victory but I think they're going to be a fourth seed I think they're going to make sure that they have they play those two enough to where they get home court advantage uh in the playoffs um, but I'm going to stick to the fourth seed I think the Clippers are going to be a bit of a better regular season team but I think overall uh the lakers will be like the better team at the end you know what yeah the playoffs is going to be a different different beast because when i look at it i actually think the lakers will finish third the reason why i'm saying that mm -hmm. i do think one of denver or utah and i won't be a, a little you know what about it i'll actually make a prediction on it i think i think utah is actually going to win the west uh, in terms of the Ooh, regular really? season, not 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 the not the not in the playoffs, not in the playoffs, just the regular. No, season. no, I know. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll I think they'll win. You know, somewhere between fifty five and sixty games, and I think you're going to see a lot of teams in the West um, around you know that forty about forty six to fifty five, fifty six wins uh, because it's just too competitive. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a bloodbath, right? So I, I do think I, that Utah. Sorry, go ahead. I had Denver at first, and then I mm -hmm. had Clippers at second, and I had Utah at third. Yeah, so okay, we're we're basically almost the same because I was going to go Utah one, the Clippers mm -hmm. at two, the Lakers three, okay. and then Denver four. Okay, yeah, yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, those are my those are my top four, and then I, I would probably go because I, I think the Lakers will win about fifty games, fifty and thirty two, fifty one and thirty one around there, and I, and I do think that they're going to have some load management nights for LeBron, maybe about you know exactly. seven seven games around there. You know, I don't I don't anticipate it being any more. Uh, I AD I still think is young enough that you don't have to give him load management, and he's not. I mean, it, it depends on what happens during the season. Again, if he turns an ankle or something, you don't want to rush him back. Fine, you know, give him give him a couple of games off. But I think he'll be out there for close to all eighty two games, all things being equal in terms of injuries. So I do think the Lakers Lakers will be good uh, on the, on that front. So I I do I have him finishing third, and then I look around and say, like, okay, probably Houston at the four, and yeah, after that five. I mean, the Warriors are going to be about five or six somewhere there. And that seven and eight spot, I love the fact that, okay, Portland, I, I think, will get in. But, I mean, that last and final playoff spot, I think the Pelicans are going to be 
really fun to watch this season. And I, I think Lonzo Ball and B.I. and playing along Zion, uh, whenever he gets back, I, I think that team that team will have uh, some look really good some nights. I also think some nights are going to look look really, really bad. Just depends on how consistent they are. And then you got teams like the Dallas Mavericks with uh, Porzingis coming back and Luka Doncic a year older. So I think they'll be in the mix. And then, of course, how do you say no to the San Antonio Spurs? That I would never want to yeah. say that pop team isn't going to make the playoffs. They've been doing it, um, you know, since I was in diapers. So I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know how deep or how good they're going to be, but you know they're going to be well coached. And then from a Lakers perspective, then when you look at the at the playoffs, what do you are you expect? Are you saying right now the Lakers are going to win the championship? <laughs> um, I'll, you know what? I'll go with yes. I'll go with yes. I, I truly like. There's 92 percent of me that believes they are, because I genuinely believe, and it, it's it's part of the preseason. And I know you shouldn't like get hyped from the preseason, but just from watching those games, obviously they haven't gelled as much as you know they they will reach. But they look pretty good when everybody's when not everybody's playing, but when most of the players are playing. And when you think that you're still gonna add what Frank Vogel called their third best player to the team, and they look that good against the Warriors team. I mean, it's hard not to get hyped. And I think I think it's scary to say, but the combo of LeBron and AD is only going to get better. It's looked amazing out there, and the, their chemistry together probably isn't even near its peak. So I, I, I do believe that they will. I think uh, – I, 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 I say so. What, do you, what about you? I, you know, I, I agree with you, and I think a lot of people – it's okay. I don't want to say it's being underhyped or not looked at enough because I think the more it we get into the season and the more the games are played, I think then you'll start to 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 see a lot more people taking notice of it. The Lakers have two of the best five players in the league on their roster. No other team has that, right? And and I think a lot yeah. of people are looking at LeBron and AD. Of course, it's going to be scary. I mean, we all know that they're both MVP level players. That they're both great and fantastic in in their own right. But when you look at when you look at, like you mentioned, when you look at how these guys are, okay, now, now we're starting to play, instead of paying, you know, 25 minutes a night in the preseason, now we're playing 34, 35 minutes. And, yeah. and the other team's playing their best players, and we're going to start to know. And Le- LeBron's going to know what AD likes to do coming off the screen, and he'll be able to read his body language, that he's going to slip it. And you kind of get this almost telepathic thing with your teammates, right, where you know and what to expect, and you're right. I, I think once those guys start developing and, and stay together and, and keep getting better and better, then I think the Lakers will be able to pull off a couple of runs where they win, you know, eight, nine, ten in a row, and you'll see that. So at the regular season, I think going into the playoffs, uh, to me, I don't see any other team beating them four out of seven. And, and I mean, maybe if you get to the finals and, and you have a team like Milwaukee, uh, where it's going to be, you're going to have trouble matching up with some of those guys just because of the athleticism and how big and strong. Like Milwaukee just has has a bunch of those guys behind Giannis that that can that can play as well. Okay, maybe they could they could beat them, but who like who out of the West? Would I confidently say, or comfortably even say, hey, those guys can beat the Lakers four out of seven times with LeBron and AD fully healthy, ready to go? There's no one in that conference. That, that includes the Clippers. Mm-hmm. You're forgetting about one factor about the Lakers, too. What's that? There's the, they're going to have playoff Rondo. Oh, no, yeah. Really, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's I, right. I just, I'm waiting to see people's reactions when I say that, just rolling their eyes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think the biggest you know, factor that'll hold them or hold them back in a way is just injuries. I think that's their biggest, like, like, like the only thing holding them back really, because barring injuries, I think, like you said, there's no team that can stop them in a seven game series. There's just no way I would put the Lakers against someone and go, the Lakers can't win four times there. Especially with just, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. 
Uh, well, I was saying with the, with the, with like the people are saying, well, the Clippers, you know, they got uh, they got Ka- Kawhi is awesome, man. I mean, uh, there's no there's no denying it. He's a great basketball player. Mm-hmm. I I would say him, LeBron, and a fully healthy, when ready, Kevin Durant, probably your three best three best players in the league overall. But when you look at it, like Agreed. Paul George hasn't proven anything in his career. Is he an All Star? Yeah. Is he an MVP candidate? Hell no. I mean, he's not at the level of of, of LeBron and, and AD. So, and 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 in basketball, you tend to win when you the the team with the best player tends to usually win the series. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen uh, too too often, especially lately now. And, and you've seen over the last four or five years with the super team era that when when you have A level guys on your team, it, you're harder to beat. And and you're I'm seeing that now with with uh, with the Lakers. Like I, I was actually. You know, while I was trying to get ready to, to do the podcast, I was looking over the I'm like, who can beat the Lakers four out of seven times? Like, you're going to stop LeBron and AD. You know, yeah, you might be able to do it one or two games and, and you know, with some adjustments and your defensive scheme and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't, I don't just don't see any other team being able to keep up with them. And, and you mentioned, you know what, and people might laugh at it, playoff Rondo is a thing. Like, when the Lakers get there, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo does have three or four games. not going to happen every night, but three or four games where he has 15 points. Playoff, playoff Rondo is a thing unless you ask Dallas Mavericks fans. Then they're going to say playoff Rondo is not even close to being. That's a true. Thing. That's true too, right? It's all in the perspective of the. <laughs> it's all in the perspective of the person you're talking to about it. Yeah, exactly. The the, the thing that uh, interest a lot interests me, but like I'm confused about is like with with Paul George, it genuinely is a big concern. His shoulder, he's had issues with it, and. Like, he's going to be back in a couple of weeks, and you have to see how he's going to be when he comes back. Now, I genuinely hope he's okay. There's nothing more fun than beating a full, healthy team. And, like, I just want the Lakers to beat a full, healthy Clipper team. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just so confused because people are so concerned about AD saying his injuries, and now people are saying LeBron can get hurt. But it's like, look at the – they've got some injury issues too with Paul George, but nobody's talking about that. But I do hope both teams are fully healthy and they're able to go at it in the playoffs. Like, there's – Think about it. Think about how fun that seven-game series would be. Just those two teams, those both LA teams going at it in a seven-game series. I, it would be crazy out here. Now, one thing is, it would be all Laker fans. There wouldn't be Clippers. Yeah, fans yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, it would be crazy because all the Lakers fans would be coming out. That's why. Yeah, exactly. It just the the first game is a home game. The, I think I think the NBA felt bad. They made it at Clippers because, but you know, really it's gonna be at Lakers in a sense. But yeah, I, that's the two things genuinely holding those team backs is injury and if they're fully healthy that's just going to be something that every nba fan can genuinely enjoy oh yeah and if you're just a basketball fan you're, you're going to want to watch that series you know and, and sports fans in general and i agree with you i think having the lakers and the clippers in like a western conference final would be amazing and then being in the city and stuff and, and getting to have the energy and the vibe and like you said it'll be 92 percent lakers fans and 8 percent clippers fans but it would be uh it would be fun to watch and if you're looking at some of the other teams too like yeah, I like Denver. I like I like Joker, and I like I like Jamal Murray. And you look at Utah, and you know adding Mike Conley, and they got uh, you know Donovan Mitchell there. But again, it's it's like those, and you saw this with, with with the Jordan Jordan's Bulls. When and I'm not comparing the Lakers to that yet at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in terms of if you look historically at the NBA, you've had teams that have like the Knicks from from the '90s and the and the and the Pacers. You know, with with Reggie Miller where. And and you saw that with the Pacers, the one that uh, the team that Frank Vogel was coaching over the years when when they played Miami in the playoffs, where okay yeah. we can we have the depth and we have the 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 system and and the coaching to make it a series, 
But when it comes down to it, the, the teams like Denver and Utah, I don't think they have enough high-end talent to compete with the Lakers. Do I think those teams are deeper overall in terms of their rosters with having offensive option and just better better players? Maybe as you get to the 8, 9, 10 on, on, on their rosters? Yeah, of course I do. But I, I also think in the NBA, it's just a different beast. So I don't see any of those teams being able to beat the Lakers four out of seven times. I think, I think that's where the Lakers have a big advantage with how many veterans they have on their team. Like, with Utah, they have Mike Conley, but then Gobert and, like, Donovan Mitchell and even Joe Ingles, they haven't been in the year in the NBA, like, multiple upon multiple years. I could be – Joe Ingles has been in the NBA for how many years? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. Looks like, He looks I, like I he's been in the league for about 27 seasons, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm – Yeah, that's, there, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. But I, I, I think he, like, bounced around a bit in the beginning, and, like, he, like, now he's starting to get, you know, full seasons in. But the Lakers have a team full of veterans. Unless you're like Kyle Kuzma, but the team have a Laker full of veterans and like teams like Denver, their starting lineup, it's, they, they've got Paul Millsap, but then they also have like the Joker and like Jamal Murray and, 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 you know, Gary Harris and people who haven't been in the NBA multiple, multiple years or like, you know, a lot of playoff experience. So I think that's where the Lakers also have that advantage. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, be pretty big for them when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned, Dan Green, you know, he's won some championships with the Spurs, and then then he won with uh, won with Toronto last year. Like he knows what he's doing. He's he's a very good piece, and and guys like Avery Bradley playing with with KG and and Paul Pierce and being battle tested in the playoffs with the Celtics. So I, I do think, like, I mean, I, again, when when I talk about depth, and I know some people have said, well, you know, what are you talking about? No, I'm saying it from the perspective of yeah, they just don't have the offensive depth that the other teams do. But when you have LeBron and AD, everybody on the court with them is going to look that much better. Yeah, I, I, a hundred, like, AD and LeBron just bring up everybody's game next to them. That's why I think, like, if you were to stagger their minutes and play, you know, AD with the bench or LeBron with the bench, it still is going to be, like, a dangerous squad to go up against. Even, on yeah. the, even if you're going up against the Lakers bench, you're really going up against the Lakers bench and AD. Yeah, that, and that, that's again. You're hitting the nail on the head with that, man. You know what's cool? We're we're getting along a lot on this uh, on this podcast. But uh, let's wrap up with a couple of questions for you. Who has a better chance at MVP, LeBron or AD? Uh, that is actually tough. I have not even thought about that. Truly, I mean that question popped up, but I haven't really thought about it. I, I, I would go AD. I think because he just recently joined this team, and I think with LeBron, you know, being more of the assist man, I think AD will. You know, he'll be more impressive on the defensive end. He'll be more impressive, you know. He'll have averaged more points per game than LeBron and more rebounds per game. So I, I, just, think, I just think overall it would be AD. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to differ with you on that. I think LeBron is... is we were uh, doing so well. I know. We were doing well up until this point. Now I'm going to have to cut you off, right? That's it. Okay. But uh, I do think that, uh, I think that LeBron... <laughs> and, and I'm saying this, you know what? He, he's going to turn 35 in December. Um, I believe, and so you're, you're saying he'll get it. You'll get it because the people will feel bad about his age. No, I, I think that he's got another. Maybe <laughs> two I, I, that would be fun. I mean, yeah, he, he might. I don't know. Maybe people, the NBA MVP voters, feel sorry for him and do that. But uh, I, I do think that he um, he's pissed. He, and I, I'm judging yeah. the tweets that we saw and, and how he's been. Like, yeah, and you watch him play. No, he still has it. He hasn't fallen off a cliff yet. Um, but I think that he's going to want to bring it, and he has. And I feel like he has something to prove, and I feel like. Uh, when we're looking at him, yeah, you know, we talked about Kawhi, we talked about Giannis, uh, the reigning MVP, and and how good these guys are. And it's like LeBron, I, I feel like is going to come out and say, hey, yeah, I might only play seventy games this season, uh, which I think would be great for the Lakers. But uh, I think in those Knock seventy games, he, yeah, I mean, he's gonna he, he's gonna dominate. And and I just feel that he has that look and and that feel to him right now that 
uh, I'm, I'm coming and I'm coming hard and I'm going to make sure that, uh, that our squad is, uh, is, is damn well ready to go. Uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you out of here on this one. When you look at this Lakers team and you look at Frank Vogel, you look at, at the way things are set up, what is the one mm-hmm. way that you think Frank Vogel might not be the coach of the Lakers next season? Damn. Uh, I think the one way that he's not the coach next season is if they get eliminated in the first or second round of the playoffs. I think if he makes it to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals, he stays no matter what. I think if they get eliminated anywhere in the first two rounds, that's where he gets. That's where he'd be. He'd be fired. Is that is that you? You don't agree? I don't think with that. Hmm. You gave me. Uh, I think he will get two seasons at him, unless it's a disaster, right? You know what I mean? Unless everything just completely goes off the off the rails and they, they end up getting pumped every night or something like that. I mean, if we're sitting and let's be honest, if we're sitting at the Lakers are sitting at you know. 15 and 16 after 31 games, which I doubt again, because I've mentioned they got a bit of a cupcake schedule to kick off the season, the first uh-huh. 20 games or so. Uh, then you're going to, I think there's a chance they'll pull, they'll pull the trigger on it early. Like you, you know, you saw what happened. With within, you said within, you said within oh. the first 15 games? No, within like, I'm saying if they're at 30, 40 games and that, you know, the team is just not, oh. not cohesive and, and the, the scheme they're yeah. running offensively isn't clicking defensively. They're, they're getting torched every night. Yeah, you're gonna have people calling for his head 40 games in, right? And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that. But I, I don't. I mean, I I don't think that's going to happen if that the team's gonna struggle. But I think that if they do, there's a chance that you might be a, a, a less than one season if things don't go well because there's pressure now, man. This ain't Indiana. This isn't Orlando, right? You know, you can't be exactly. You can't go. You can't go. Uh, you know, 15 and 15 with with two of the best five players on the in the league on your squad. So again, I don't anticipate that happening. I think that Frank Vogel will get at least a couple of years. And I agree with you. I mean, too, man, if they make the playoffs and they end up losing in the first round to a lower-ranked team and they lose in, you know, five or six games and it's an ugly loss, yeah, he's gone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they, there's no way he's going to stay. But I like what I've heard from him. I like what I've seen from the exactly. team. Um, it, interestingly enough, when, like I said, when they're playing defense, they're not switching, they're not switching to screens. Um, so that might be something you're going to have to have to look at in terms of schema- uh, schematically. Uh, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when you get there. Overall, I, I do think Frank Vogel will do a good job. I think he's learned from his time in Orlando, and it'll be interesting to see how he leads this team, especially like I said through those first twenty games. Because if they're sitting at you know fifteen and five, sixteen and four, um, you know that, then that means that things are clicking. Then that gives him a little bit more job security. My thing is, if he gets to off to a really rough start, people are going to start calling for his head. I think it'd be rough for the Lakers to uh, fire him right in the beginning of the season, or like, let's just say within the first, if they were to go 15 or 15, just because they had all those, you know, firings in the off season, everyone talking about, you know, Lakers just want Jason Kidd as their coach and everything. I think that'd be them kind of, you know, giving into what the fans have been saying, like saying that the Lakers just want Jason Kidd as the coach. So I don't think, even if it's 15, 15, I don't think he'd be fired. It's just that's my personal opinion, but definitely, you know, he's got someone right next to him who can, who might take over his job if they don't feel like he's not doing the correct, you know, job. Oh, you know what? I, I you, you say that I'm saying, hell no, Jason Kidd, it should not, it should not be an option <laughs> no, oh, I, yet. Yeah. I am not saying I want him as the coach. I, no, I, I know no yeah, way. Yeah. Saying that. I <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. I just think that that might be what Lakers management is thinking. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And and, and uh, you know what? As for as much flack as they got uh, last season coming into it, and for some of the moves that they made, especially when Magic was around with Rob Palenka, I think they did a lot of things right this off season. So uh, I, things look good. I, I agree with you on that. 
Yeah, and and so you know what, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt here, and hopefully they have it a system in place and and a structure in place now in the organization that uh, they are going to be able to to be successful this season. Ali, I know you're a busy man. Thanks for taking the time out to do this. Of course, man. Anytime, anytime. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, that's Ali Berpunia. You can follow him on Twitter at Ali underscore Bepunia. Also, don't forget to follow us as well at Lakers SBN. Always tweeting out uh, information, stats, memes, funny stuff, you name it, we have it. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Leave a review. You can uh, qu- ask us questions there. We'll try and get to them in the podcast. Uh, and also, don't forget to, like I mentioned, subscribe and go to silverscreenandroll.com. We got you covered. Lakers season almost getting started. Silver Screen and Roll, your place to be for all things Lakers. That does it for this episode. Hey, the games are starting, coming up, less than 48 hours away, so we can't wait, and I'll talk to you all next week.